this morning. I am going to be covering a subject that is uh, a difficult one for us as Christians, as humans, to um, understand, especially as Christians. But it is um, found in the Word of God. So I thank God for His mercy and He's just dealing with us. So if you have your Bibles with you, won't you please take them out and let's turn to the book of Philippians and we'll be our verse for today is chapter I mean is verse ten. Philippians chapter three and verse ten. And this is what it says. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Another translation puts it this way. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death. Now here we see this is the third area in which Paul wanted to know the Lord Jesus. And this third area is the fellowship of his sufferings. We've been uh, looking at this particular scripture and what I had said, or the statement that I made two weeks ago when it got to verse 10 is this, verse 10 is arguably the um, life ambition of Paul. This became his life ambition. It says that I may know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Now, this is the third week that we're on this particular verse. So we looked at the first uh, part of it where it says, I want to know him. I want to know him. This became Paul's life ambition. And the reason I made that statement is this. Is Paul wanted to grow in his knowledge of Jesus. The commentators, as I said, I think last week I said, the commentators tell us that when he was writing this verse in, um, in, the, in, the, in prison for the Philippians, he had been serving Christ for at least plus minus 25 years. 25 years. And I mean, for us, I don't know how long we've been serving Christ for, what our expectations are. Um, here is a man who's probably one of the fathers of the, of, of the faith, someone that we look up to, someone that we, you know, he will say, say to people, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So it's someone that we look up to. There he finds himself writing and saying, actually, what I want to do at this stage, 25 years plus minus of my life, serving him, is I want to still get to know him more. I want to get to know him more. I want to get to know him better. It's funny, he did not say at this point, um, I want to do more exploits for Jesus Christ. He didn't say 
that um, actually I want to physically serve you more. I want to see more churches planted. I want to go to the world and make your gospel made known, of course, that came after his revelation, um, after spending time with Christ. But his conviction, he he, he was driven to this place where he says, I want to know you more. I want to know you better. 25 years, as I said, serving him. He's done great stuff. He's been um, in, in uh, shipwreck. He's been, he's, the gospel has moved forward because of him, through him. Yet he would find himself saying, I want to know you better. I wonder if that's true of us today. However long you've been serving Christ for, can you say that of, of your life? Actually, I want to know you, Jesus, better. Not I want to do more for you because that gives me some sort of uh, fulfillment because when I do stuff, there's a tick box that we have. I don't know if it's the case. Can you truly say that you want to know him better? Then the second reason that this verse became Paul's life ambition is that he wanted to experience the power of the resurrection, of Jesus' resurrection. And last week I made the statement, why was it important for this to be said in, the, in Scripture, that the same power that raised Christ from the dead resides in you and I today? Why? Why is it important? We asked that question, why? Why, was it, why did he want to experience this power, this resurrection power? And how did it help him? And how would it help us today or affect us, as it, as it were? And Sean rightly uh, uh, said to us or reminded us last week that part of the reason the power of the resurrection was important to Paul in his day and is important to us in our day is, it, is because it part of it actually helps us in our understanding and in our bearing of life, the sufferings of life, the power of uh, the resurrection of Christ Jesus, the Holy Spirit in us. We need that power to be able to live this Christian life daily. We need it. In order, I mean, if this same power that raised Christ from the dead is in us, it must still have power to help us live this Christian life. In this world where we, it's, the world is coming against us, we're we, we, we moving upstream as it were. We need the power of Christ in us to be able to overcome these, these things. And so today the third reason this verse became Paul's life ambition is that Paul wanted to experience fellowship of Jesus' sufferings. And I started, I said, I'm going to cover a, a subject, a topic that is not uh, very easy for us to, to, to take and understand. Sufferings. Who here likes to suffer? I don't think anyone does. 
But let's see what scripture says about this topic of suffering. So fellowship is a partnership. Fellowship between you and God is a partnership. It's like a partnership between husband and wife. It's a partnership. This is not a partnership uh, with the suffering of Christ upon the cross. Only He was qualified to die for our sins. So this is not the suffering that He underwent on the cross to save us. Only He could have uh, fulfilled that. This is partnership in his suffering while he walked on earth. Remember, he was criticized for going to a party with sinners, for hanging around tax collectors. He was criticized. He suffered religious persecution. The world did not accept him. The world did not like him because of the truth that he brought. The challenges that he brought um, to, the, to this earth. And so Paul here writes, he says, I want to be a partner in his suffering. Take that, just think of that for a minute. I want to be a partner in Jesus' suffering. While, uh, the things that he went through on this earth. For me, that sounds crazy. Why? Why would I even think of that? I want to be a partner in Jesus' suffering. As I said earlier on, no one likes to suffer. I don't believe Paul had any desire to inflict wounds upon himself for the sake of Christ. Who here has any desire to actually inflict uh, suffering upon yourself for the sake of Christ? I don't, uh, don't, be, I don't really... Um, care how holy you perceive yourself to be. I do not, not even the most holiest of holy people on, on this earth wants to inflict um, pain upon themselves for the sake of Christ. I don't believe it's true. It's like saying, for the sake of Christ, I'm going to go stand on, uh, on uh, snow bare feet. I mean, how, how does that help you? I'm going to preach the gospel, making a statement in Alaska or wherever. We, I don't know where it's, uh, snow just is there all year round. And in fact, as I do that, to make a statement, I'll take my shoes off. I'll, I'll stand bare feet, barefoot, and preach the gospel. I'm going to suffer, inflict pain upon myself for the sake of Christ. Or, you know, being found lying on a bed of spikes. See, that may torture us. In fact, standing on the snow with bare feet, that may torture us. But it does nothing for the spiritual life. Absolutely nothing. These things will not subdue our sin capacity. They will not. Our flesh will not improve by this kind of suffering. Because that is suffering. Standing on uh, snow, bare feet, that is suffering. Being on a bed of spikes for the sake of the gospel, that is suffering. But it does nothing to a spiritual um, well-being. 
partnership in the suffering of Christ is not reserved for the super saints. Can I make that clear? We might think suffering is only based for the preacher man or those who are going out there, the poor of this world. No, it's not reserved for just the super saints, as it were. Suffering, if Christ indeed lives in me through His Holy Spirit, this suffering, partaking His partnership in His suffering, is reserved for all Christians. All Christians. So that we can identify with Him. Maybe more than that, so He can identify with us. The truth is this. Not many of us are called upon to suffer seriously for Christ. If you think of your Christian life, you've been serving Christ, you've been doing stuff for Him, living this life as best as you possibly know how to, who can really say that you have suffered seriously for His name's sake? The truth is, few of us will die, will physically die for Christ. Very few Christians will physically die for Christ. Hypothetically speaking, should there come a day when Christians of our day suffer extensively for Christ? I wonder, I wonder how many of us would remain loyal to Christ. If persecution came to us today, like it did in the, in the, in the uh, we see in the book of Acts when the, the persecution came and the gospel spread. I wonder how many of us would actually stand. And I'm not speaking just to you, I'm speaking to us, me as well. I wonder if I would stand if I really had to suffer seriously for the sake of Christ. Should we face the f- supreme test? The question here is how would you and I respond? Sadly, the reality is that the quality of life of the average Christian today, and this is uh, um, uh, average, it's not everyone, it's it's a statement. Sadly, what the stats say, the quality of the average Christian today will not stand under pressure. Will not stand under pressure. And it's not lots of pressure, which will, the smallest slight of pressure that comes our way often helps us to see how we would stand. And the truth is, which is a sad truth, that most Christians today will not stand. Most people in churches today unfortunately are religious spectators. Most Christians today are religious spectators. Most of us, truth be told, do not intend to go to an extraordinary extent to live for Christ. The reality is we actually do not take a Christian walk Seriously. As I'm saying, I'm not pointing fingers at us. I'm speaking to me, to us, to the church at large. Where are we? How are we? How how, how do we um, understand this Christian life? Paul, this man, this great man Paul, found it 
um, found the need to remind himself and remind the churches that he was encouraging, um, uh, church in Philippi, to remind them that actually the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in them, lives in us. Therefore, this Christian life that we call to, whether we have to be, uh, be uh, on, on, um, on a bed of spikes, whether we call to go to the most brutal nations of this world, whatever pressure comes our way, but actually the, the Spirit of God that lives in you and I will help us to stand firm. But like I said, the only way we're able to do that is dependent on how, we, how much time we are spending with our Savior. The only way, I repeat it, I said again, the only way we get to know each other is by spending time with one another. The principle is the same. The only way we get to know Christ Jesus is by spending time with Him. Not out of religious duty, though God can still use that to help us, but because we want to. Because we want to. To understand this, what, what is this breaking of bread? What, why is it so significant? Why do we, uh, why has God asked us to do this? The word says that we have to break bread as often as we get together in remembrance of what he did. Why do we have to remember what he did? Oh, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to help us understand that. The only way we get to understand and, 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 and uh, know that is if we're spending time with him. Spending time with him in prayer. Spending time with him in his word, studying his word. Spending time with him, not out of academia, <coughs> but out of a place of fellowship. Who here, when was the last time you just decided to close the doors of life, or the busyness of life, and just not even necessarily go to your Bible program that you want to spend maybe a half an hour with him or an hour just reading? Who here, when was the last time you actually closed the door and said, Father, I just want to spend time with you? I just want to be with you. I don't necessarily want to look at your word academically because I've got to, I've got to, but I just want to love you. I just want to engage with you. I just want to know you better. When we look back over our lives, at the end of life's day, will we have lived for me, myself, and I? So when your last day comes and you look back, in fact, even now, if you look back with your uh, Christian walk, have you lived for you Did you serve yourself? It was said of a man who was dying. He said this, Oh, I wish I was in my 20s again. And if I was, I would start all over again with this Christian walk. I would put priorities on the most important things. Now that I am dying, There's little left in me to give. There's little left to my life. We're not on our our dying beds uh, this morning, 
Thank God for that. There's still time for us to give ourselves to Him. For us to change the course of our lives. Not living for I. You know, they, they talk, I, was, I was listening to someone and they speak about the, you know, you get the Trinity. The Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. But you also get the evil Trinity. They speak about it in inverted commas. And that evil trinity is um, me, myself, and I. Me, myself, and I. I wonder if this, uh, if you're here to be asked that question seriously in your life today, how would you answer it? I mean, you know, you know your heart, you know where you're at. If you had to look back, have you lived for you, yourself, and yourself? Have you served yourself more than... Or would you say, like Paul, actually, I have done all these things. I've preached the gospel. I've been able to be a part of planting many churches. The, the gospel has, go, has gone forward. In fact, the tick boxes are all ticked, ticked. I'm in prison now for the sake of Christ. But actually, my desire is to get to know him more. To get to know him better. Paul wanted to know the Lord better. By entering into his suffering. Strange, I know. I'm not asking us to want to enter into the Lord's sufferings. But it's a reality. The suffering of our lives is there. We cannot escape it. Actually what we need to do is to acknowledge the fact that we are going to suffer. Some more than others for this Christian walk. But both those more than others, both of us have the Holy Spirit. The resurrection power of Christ is in us to help us go through the suffering of this world. Peter said the same thing. He said this, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering. That when His glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. We do think it strange that we suffer for Christ. But the truth, the word says that we will suffer for Christ. A greater degrees and smaller degrees. The reality is we will suffer for Christ. But we are to rejoice. We are to rejoice to the extent that we do partake in his suffering. <laughs> is that encouraging? I don't, I, don't, I don't know whether it's very encouraging for me that I'm to actually rejoice at the fact that I'm suffering. I didn't choose to suffer, but God has allowed it to happen in my life. For His glory. See, when Jesus went on the cross, He went with a certain attitude. When we live our lives as Christians today, we need to also live our lives with a certain attitude. And this was His attitude. Looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set 
that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame for the joy set before him. That was his attitude. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to suffer pain. But for the joy set before me, I will endure. I will bring glory to my Father. All Jesus wanted was the, uh, to fulfill his Father's will. That was his attitude when he went to the cross. Knowing he was to die for the sins of the world, he went knowingly. He fully understood the horrors of the cross. He wanted the will of God and nothing else. That is why this very book that we've been going through in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, we are encouraged to let this mind, this attitude, be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. So I'm afraid, my dear friends, that um, I don't have the greatest news from a human perspective in that uh, suffering will go, will go while we are, will go away. I, have, I do have bad news in that we are in the, the age of suffering. If Jesus Christ had to go through it and we conform to him, we follow him, we will have to go through suffering as well. But the word of God says that we are to take joy because he has overcome it all. How did he overcome it all? Through the spirit of God. How are we going to overcome it all with the sufferings of this world? We don't, when we are lacking, when we are sick, when we are, uh, are down and under, how do we overcome it all? By the power of the resurrection of the Holy Spirit of God in us. That is how we overcome. That is the attitude we need to pray for. That is what we need to ask God for every day. Lord, help me. Help me to have this attitude that Jesus had whilst he was on this earth. For the joy set before me. So actually, one day we will get rewarded. This suffering will end here on earth. Whilst we're here, it's still here. But once we exit this world, it will be over. And the suffering will be no more. But guess what? We will also get rewarded for the way in which we have lived our lives. For the way in which we've engaged with one another. For the way in which we have contributed to, the, to this kingdom. And at this point, Paul found it very necessary to insert this particular subject. He says... Because we all want to know the power of Jesus' resurrection. We all do. It seems exciting and glamorous. But Paul had to add this phrase about suffering in order to be realistic. So it's not just all miracles and things, yay, high, and, and praise be to God and all of those things. Those things are real and this is what the kingdom of God is coming and it's, it's moving forward. But with the kingdom of God coming and, and there's obviously um, principalities that are against what we are doing. We are faced with uh, turmoil the whole time. There is, we are hitting a, a, a wall all the time. But 
the Holy Spirit in us helps us to carry on. Resurrection power, my dear friends, will include power to live this life in triumph amidst suffering. Can I say that again? The resurrection Christ that we're reading about, uh, the resurrection power that we are so hungry for and so want will help us live this life on earth with um, triumph through the sufferings that are around us. Power to accept God's will when we have suffered the loss of all things. See, when we're close to Jesus, we share his power, but we also share in his experiences. Are we okay? Are we okay with that? Suffering for the Christian is a reality. It is not going to change whilst you're on this earth. And if anyone tells you differently, I'm sorry, but that's a lie. Uh, whilst we're still on this earth, we will suffer. The only way to be able to handle the suffering is by spending time with Jesus Christ and asking Him to help us. Realizing that the resurrection power resides in you and I. It's not, it, wasn't just, it wasn't just there to raise Jesus Christ and that's it. And that's uh, the power kind of that was where God exercised and that's it. No, it's that you and I are able to exercise this life, live this life unto his glory. And that's why it says when, we are, when I am weak, actually I am strong because it's him in me, not myself. Not myself. See, we know Christ better when we live by his values. Who here knows Jesus' values? Who here says it's easy to live by Christ's values? It's not. It is not easy to live this Christian life according to God's way. And I've often fought and said, I don't understand why. Why is it so difficult? Until I realize, actually, it's because I'm trying to do it in my own strength. I'm trying to do it in my own power. Rather than saying, God, I want to try, but I can't do it by myself. Actually, I give it to you. You help me. Help me. Help me, please, Jesus. And as he does, that's so how he gets the glory. And here's a statement that I'm going to leave us with this morning. And it's a truth, but it hurts. Invariably, living by his values causes suffering. Yeah. Invariably, living by the Christian godly values will cause suffering. We should face duress with the same attitude Jesus did. So the fact that you have suffering in your life, it means you're living this Christian life. Psalm 
Suffering is not an easy thing. But you see, it's part of this life that God has called us to. If we share in Jesus' resurrection power, we must expect to share in his treatment, in the treatment that he received. See, what's happening is that we are following the pattern of the, um, of the cross. Loss and shame and suffering were followed by vindication and resurrection and reward. If we are raised in, with Christ, it is the aftermath of suffering with Christ. We follow God's pattern. Now, who here would like pray? I'd like pray, Lord, to help me in this understanding of suffering. Because it's not an easy thing. But invariably, when we live, when we choose to live this life for Christ, not being mediocre, not just being uh, chilled, but actually wanting to live for the glory of the King, man, we are actually opening ourselves up to this suffering as it were but we have to take heart for it it has all been overcome by the king of kings and the lord of lords in fact I'm going to pray for us if that's okay father thank you that you are real thank you God that when we spend time with you we get to understand these things not fully but we have some sort of understanding. And as we have chosen God to live for you, we realize you suffered on earth, so the same will be for us. And we ask God that you help us to live this life, Jesus, for your glory. We need the resurrection power that same power that raised you, Jesus, from the dead. We needed to live this Christian life. Help us, Lord, to be ones who are yielding to you wholeheartedly, God. We bless your name in every circumstance, in every situation. We bless your name. And I pray this, these words, like you did, Jesus, to pray to the Father. And you said that you mustn't necessarily take them out of the, the situations, Father, but you would hold them. You'd keep us. And as we do that, God, you receive glory that's due to your name. In Jesus' name. Amen.